The right habits put you in control of your health, relationships, mindset, and more. But most people lack the tools to stick with those habits long enough to see results. That is about to change. Welcome to the Unshakable Habits Podcast with your host, habit change specialist and speaker, Stephen Box. Join us each week as experts share their stories, experiences, and insights and give you the tools to build unshakable habits so you can live life on your terms. It's time to take your habits from unsustainable to unshakable. Welcome to the Unshakable Habits Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Box, and I'm joined today by Brett Eisenberg, the Marketing Catalyst. Brett, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. And yourself? Doing well, doing well. Can't complain. Awesome, <laughs> awesome. And and even if you did, who would listen, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> So before we jump into your story today, and I do want to just let people know that you definitely want to hear this story because I think it's something that a lot of people are going to be able to relate to, even if they've never been in your exact situation. There is a framework that we like to utilize when looking at these stories. So every time that we see a success story, it usually starts with a vision. And that vision is not something that just magically comes about. It's something that usually happens over time. It's usually a series of circumstances that help us create that vision. And it's different from a goal because a goal is when you're trying to achieve a specific outcome. A vision is literally what you imagine your life looking like. It's when you hit a low point and you're picturing something better. And that's what you're striving for. So as Brett's telling his story today, look for those moments where his vision started to get formed. Once he has his vision, the next thing that's going to happen is you're going to see that he had to develop certain skills. Now, those might be skills he already had. It might be skills he still needs to develop. So be on the lookout for what skills Brett had to either utilize or acquire to reach his vision. And then finally, for those skills that he had to build, what actions did he have to take in order to do that? Because ultimately, it is our actions that build the skills. It is our skills that help us move towards the vision. And that is how things become consistent and we create unshakable habits. So Brett... Let's start with your story. And I think the starting of your story is somewhere where a lot of people are going to feel familiar. Here you are, just a regular college student. Yep, at the University of Alabama, too. So so, so you're going to the University of Alabama. Life is good, right? I mean, you've got got your whole life in front of you. You've probably got these... Yeah, you got these great plans. Yep, I was heavily involved in all these organizations, and I. But the thing is, on the side, I developed that uh, that small thing, which was actually uh, ended up being a huge thing, which was a ten thousand dollar gambling debt that I kind of like completely like brushed off to the side. Like, if you knew me at the University of Alabama, would have no idea that like. 
I even like had like that issue because like I just completely like kind of like lived my life and just kind of like put it behind me without even like focusing on it until like I kind of had to face that issue. So, so, so let's, let's rewind there for a second. So, I mean, you can't just like dump on everybody. They're like, Hey, I was $10,000 in gambling debt. Right. Like how, yeah. how did that happen? Because I, I know this is something that you're, you have a little bit of passion about is, is educating, especially younger people on the dangers of gambling because there's so much pressure out there and we don't necessarily see it. So kind of t- take us through what happened with you. How did it start? So I really actually kind of started my senior year of high school, just throwing little $15 bets on the Phillies here and there, just regular stuff. Um, And then I started moving to college and I just really started getting involved. I was throwing for college football. I would end up betting what they would call the line. So I would throw on almost every single college football game on Saturdays. Um, I'd be throwing almost thousands of dollars out a day. Um, it was extremely unhealthy. I was living on edge, like every night watching games, like hoping that like waiting for like my, the agent to text me asking for the money. So it was just like a super unhealthy way to live. But at the same time, I was also living this whole another life focusing still somehow getting schoolwork done and also, um, like having a social life, like living my life as like a regular fraternity and a regular student at the University of Alabama. So it was very like crazy how like I just went from like just those small bets to like all of a sudden betting thousands of dollars at like a time. Yeah. And it's funny that you you mentioned it that way because one thing that I always try to teach people when it comes to habits, I mean, if you think about a habit by definition, it's something that we do on a routine basis, oftentimes without awareness. Yeah. And, you know, we, we want to think of, you know, habits as, you know, good or bad or whatever. But the thing is, the difference between a good habit and a bad habit is whether it's beneficial to you or not. Outside of that, there is no difference between the two. And so mm-hmm. just the same way that a good habit can build up over time, and once you hit a certain point, it snowballs, a bad yeah. habit can do the exact same thing to you. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's, it's really like, as, and that's why I realized, because I went from having that like kind, constant like betting mindset, like I'd be like in class, like end up throwing bets to like when I came home and had to um, start working and paying that debt back to just working constantly 50 hour weeks at Chick-fil-A like they asked me to stay I'm in like constantly working constantly grinding just to like even even though it was minimum wage and it was step by step it was it was just anything to try and like get to that point and that was like just what my mindset my focus was on yeah now when you talk about you know getting out of this debt I mean you, you kind of talked about how you had to, you know, come back home, you start working in Chick-fil-A full time and you're putting in all these hours to try to get it paid off. But what did, what did it look like when you finally gained awareness of the problem that you had? Like, how did that actually come about? 
So it actually came about when I was actually just continuing to live my life during the summer. I was in New York, um, and one of the people who I owed money to actually reached out to my brother. And my brother was the one who like was like, okay, this has to be a serious issue. If this is just one person reaching out to me, how many more else could there be? And then from there, um, he reached out to my mom. Um, they, we all had like a huge discussion about it. Uh, we worked out how I was going to end up paying it off and what I was going to do to like pay that back. And I understood that it was going to take time. Like it was a $10,000 like debt. Like it's not something that like any um, college students able to just like kind of pull out of their pocket. So, um, so I ended up just like working to pay that back just constantly. Like I said, just that mindset of grinding, working hard. And that's, uh, that's all I like put my mind towards. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit here about what did that moment feel like for you? I mean, now, first of all, I have to ask, was it was this like just like some guy that was just like politely calling and saying like, hey, you know, your brother, or your son owes us some money? Or was this like a like, hey, we're going to like take him up and like hang him off the side of a building upside down kind of thing like what no no it wasn't it wasn't like a threatening call um it was like um it was like yeah because they because they it was it was like uh it was like uh friends of friends of friends so it was like um they weren't going it was like we just want to let it wasn't like i owed all the money to one person that was the issue so it was like um it was almost a couple hundred to this person. So he was like, Hey, like, I just want to let you know, like your brother has owed me like a couple hundred dollars for a while. Like, yeah. um, so I mean, like, um, when I look back on it, I'm almost like thankful. Cause when I look at the situation, like as much as that was like, a, that was like such a stressor that was like on my sh- shoulders, I wasn't able to like really enjoy my summer or really enjoy kind of my year fully because I had that. So once like all that was out and I had the mindset of just working to pay that back, it was like a huge, because I really didn't tell like a single person what was going on because I didn't really know where to go. And I'm glad that you, that you mentioned that because I think something that a lot of times people will struggle with is they have a hard time with, a certain habit and what ends up happening is they think they can fix it themselves. Right. We, we always think we can fix it ourselves. Yeah. A hundred percent. And oftentimes we can't, we have to reach mm-hmm. out to someone. So whether that's a professional coach, whether that's a family member, uh, a friend that we can, you know, confide in whatever the case is, we need an external support system at least in the beginning, because we are now in this pattern and it's very hard for you to become aware and break a pattern on your own. Uh, Exactly. Kind of talk to me a little bit about what, what did it feel like when your family first found out about this problem? Like what was going through your mind as they're coming to you and kind of, kind of, kind of confronting you with what was going on? Um, I didn't really know what they were necessarily thinking. Um, 
because I think for a while, because I was like hiding like stuff money wise, I think like my parents honestly thought I was like into like selling drugs. <laughs> um, but um, I ended but I think like once we had the discussion, like after the discussion, we were, I just kind of laid everything out on the table um, and we had everything like kind of figured out. Um, it was a little bit more comforting because, oh, well, not even a little bit, a lot more comforting because it was, like I said, it's like something that I was stressing about sometimes losing sleep over like, um, for over a year. So when I got to the point where like I had it figured out, at least I know what I'm going to do. I have a plan and I had this vision of what, how I'm going to pay this off. Like that was like kind of the step one towards um, like my goal ultimately. Yeah. So for, for those who are, are listening to this or are watching us over on YouTube, my key takeaway for you here that I want you to write down is that you need a strong support system. So if you have a family like Brett had who is very supportive of you, that is obviously a fantastic thing to have. Not everyone has it, unfortunately. So if you do find yourself in a position where that's not the case, either surround yourself with friends who are going to support you, seek out the help of professionals, whatever you need to do. But if you find yourself in a situation where you are really struggling with something that is holding you back and preventing you from living the life you want, you need to surround yourself with a strong support system first and foremost. Do you agree with that, Brett? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, without a strong support system, you you just kind of feel alone because that's how most how I felt like throughout the entire like situation. But the entire time, like I wasn't alone and I could have relied on everyone else. However, um, I chose not to because I almost wanted to figure this out by myself. I didn't want to involve everyone or I thought I could because I was a 20 or 19 year old college student thinking that like I was invincible. <laughs> and, and, and for those of you who are 18 or 19 or will be soon, Please understand that we all thought we were invincible. Yes. Yeah. None of us were. No, nope, <laughs> you're not either, nope, unfortunately. Nope. Yeah. I, w- it, I wish. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a bit of an ego blow, but it is absolutely necessary to understand that you are human like anyone else and that yeah. you're capable of doing some miraculous things in life but you're not capable mm-hmm. of doing everything. Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. And, and that's the, and that's the whole thing is picking and choosing. Everyone's uh, like capable of doing like anything that they want to do with their life. I really truly believe that. And it's the thing about like how you're going to vision and put your focus towards it and, you know, take these steps towards of action on how you're going to reach your goal. Yeah. So kind of looking at your situation, your family now knows about your debt. 
Mm-hmm. You sit down, you come up with a plan to pay it off. And obviously one of the skills that you already had that I'm sure your family helped to instill in you was a good work ethic. Yes. And so yeah. you set out a plan to go get a job, even though it was a minimum wage job. And mm-hmm. you dedicated all of this time to oh, paying off this debt. So now I want people to realize here that in order to work enough hours at Chick-fil-A to pay off a $10,000 debt, you were working a lot of hours, which oh, means yeah. your social life pretty much went away. <laughs> for, uh, for a while. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> so all, all of these things that you had grown accustomed to, all the things that a 20-some-year-old kid loves to do, you now had to give all of that stuff up. Yep. That was that was a very big thing that I had to really get uh, adjusted to because it almost turned out that Chick-fil-A was almost like my social life on my breaks when I would be talking to my coworkers because that was that was really legit like actually it. Like I came I would like come home, I would then do schoolwork, go to sleep, wake up, five forty five AM, go straight to Chick-fil-A and start working. And that was just every single day and except for Sundays. Um, that was the, that was a huge benefit except for Sundays, but I, but I'm not going to lie. Like a lot part of my, I learned a lot, like while I was at check flight with how to completely focus and have that work ethic that I ended up winning like employee of the month one month. And then I ended up being promoted to like a team leader. So I ended up getting paid a little bit more than minimum wage. So it was really just like a huge, um, it was a great experience boost, I would say for sure. Because I think that's where I learned actually a ton about myself and my own work ethic and what I really have the capability of doing. Yeah. So kind of talk about, because what I'm hearing is that you already had a lot of the skills in place. You just weren't necessarily utilizing all of them. Yes. And then when you got to Chick-fil-A, you started tapping into some of these skills that you already had. So just, I, I, I know you might need a second here to think about this, but in terms of going and thinking about the actions and the skills that you needed to do when you were at Chick-fil-A that allowed you to be the employee of the month that allowed you to get that promotion and get paid more. What were those skills? So if someone's find themselves in your situation, they're really struggling. Maybe they're at a job that they don't really like that much because it's only a minimum wage job. What were those skills for you that allowed you to excel? Because now somebody could take those skills, even if they don't have them yet, yeah. they can start to develop them. A hundred percent. So those skills actually are outside of the job recommendation. Those are, I would say one is leading by example when you aren't even called on. I was just a regular team member and I started, if there was a new person struggling, I would just like take initiative and help them out. I knew what had to be done uh, during the day. Like I kind of just acted as a team leader when I wasn't. So I think that was a huge part. And another large part I would definitely say is, um, I, wait, I actually need to think about this one. While you're, while you're thinking about it, if, mm-hmm. if you, if you can talk and think at the same time. Yeah. 
one, one thing you said was, and this is another unshakable key that you might, everybody might want to write down. Act like a leader before you're a leader. Yes. So I what, think what does being a leader look like? Being a leader is just taking initiative, you know. Um, uh, my other point, they kind of go hand in hand, is coming in with that leader attitude. I mean, it's completely over the top. But, I mean, it might not be my attitude outside of Chick-fil-A. However, when I walked into that building, I would walk in there with a smile on my face. I would say, how's everyone doing? Like, like who's ready for a great day? And just kind of taking that initiative to kind of set up that culture into like that whole kind of make work, not that miserable, like I'm ready to clock out. This isn't so bad, you know, like we're having kind of some fun here. So it's, it's about like kind of bringing that culture into, into the business. And sometimes you have to do that on your own. Yeah. And and something that you just kind of hit on there, I actually did an interview with somebody yesterday and I don't know if that interview is going to get played before or after yours, but we were talking about your subconscious thoughts. And a lot of people, when they try to do positivity, it's surface level. So it's like, oh, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to try to be positive. But the thing is, if deep down, if you hate going to work and you hate your job, you can do all the positive affirmations you want. It's not going to do you any good. So yeah. really what you developed wasn't just a positive mindset, but it was li- literally you became like an entirely different person when you went to work. You you embodied this leadership ideal. This You had a vision, we could even say, for yeah. what a leader should look like. 100%. And you went out and you applied that that vision. Yeah, I think that was uh, that was definitely a huge thing that like I – now, like when I look back, I definitely realize is that like when I would I would like sit in the car, I would always be at work like a little bit early and I would sit in the car kind of listening to music and not going to lie, a little bit hyping myself up for the day. Yeah. And I would be like, you know what, I'm ready to go in. And then I'd like clock in early. I would always just be like, you know what, and just kind of get through the day. That's what I just kind of looked at it as just kind of if I can make it seem like. I'm having fun and everyone and I can make these people who are a lot of these people like my coworkers are high school kids. So they were like having fun with me. So when everyone's having fun, the guests are having fun. They're like not miserable, even waiting in the long line because like, we're not like kind of like when you come to like Chick-fil-A, you don't hear the, hi, welcome to Chick-fil-A. How may I help you? Like, it's kind of like a little bit more exciting yeah. So it kind of just made it, gave it a, a little bit better of experience for everyone. And that just kind of been part of like implementing that into like my mindset. Yeah. And, and for those poor, unfortunate people who have never had the benefit of having a Chick-fil-A near them. For, first of all, I, I'm, I'm so sorry for you. It's such a terrible <laughs> thing that you've, that you've missed out. But Chick-fil-A is known for their customer service. They're known for how friendly the staff is. So what Brett's talking about here is not just his own beliefs, but the company culture certainly helped out with that. Which yes. kind of, I think, highlights another important thing, which is not only do you need a strong support system, 
You need to put yourself in environments that actually are conducive to what you want to accomplish. A hundred percent. And one of the, and another thing is that goes along with that experience at Chick-fil-A was kind of like tapping into a little bit of what my interests were. They kind of let me, when I became that team leader, they kind of let me look into like different aspects of the management. We had uh, someone who was in charge of marketing who like sometimes I would um, be able to talk to about like what she does or whoever was in charge of like um, employee relations. Like I would always be able to talk to them about what they do. And it was just a really overall pretty really good experience to be able to tap into all those different fields and um, still while being able to take this leadership and make money and still pay that gambling debt back. So it really making that my life for about a year actually turned out to be a little bit of a large benefit. So, so just to kind of recap this for people. So it would have been really easy for people to look at this and say, okay, he went to work for, at Chick-fil-A for a year, worked really hard, paid off his debt. That's great. But they would be missing that there are some really key things that happen here. So the first thing is you had a strong support system that enabled you to take the next steps. Yeah. You wouldn't put yourself in an environment that actually encouraged the things that were already strong beliefs within you. Then you made a decision to not just go in and work because you could have very easily shown up to work every day with the mindset of, I'm just here to pay these bills, right? Yeah. But instead, you went in with a goal to make your life better. And in order to do that, you had to constantly reevaluate yourself. You had to check your, your attitude. You had to see what your mindset was each day. You had to be intentional about the way you treated other people, the way that you were outwardly toward people, which starts internally. And so you really utilize all of these skills to put yourself in a better situation. And now coming out of Chick-fil-A, you've utilized these skills. You've done them consistently. They've become your unshakable habits. How did those apply to your life after Chick-fil-A? So, um, following Chick-fil-A, uh, I actually ended up working a little bit at PNC Bank uh, as a bank teller. Um, I really actually did apply those habits, kind of like that attitude. Um, it didn't really get me as far, though. Um, I was very miserable. Um, and I then just like really just like wanted to focus on finding my passion. I was majoring in sociology and I had still no clue what I wanted to do. Um, my brother, uh, Greg, he was starting a business called Legal East Marketing. And um, he reached out to me saying, hey, like we have some like basic work that like, like we can have you do, like kind of introduce you to some of it, just like posting and like on social media. And from there, I just started. I started tapping into making graphics. Um, I started looking into like certifications with Google ads. Um, and I really started loving the idea of either like building a brand for someone and almost marketing and managing their social media. Like whether it's um, like cutting podcasts and um, 
making like uh, graphics for them or creating thumbnails, just going from there, just um, just managing social media overall. I found like a really strong passion for overall for building like brands. So, so you found your passion here. What was that that moment for you when you kind of realized, you know what, this is what I actually want to do. Like, was there was there a single moment for you where it kind of dawned on you that you finally found that passion? Um, I really struggled to for a lot of it. I was trying to figure out what I was necessarily really good at, and even in the beginning, I was having tons of success with my client with everyone was reaching out to him saying they either love uh, who would like the social media post or loves the graphics. And from there, I was like, you know what, I can actually really dig making like graphics. I really like putting my creativity to work mm-hmm. and, uh, um, you know, managing social media posts. And I love watching like, um, like their engagement almost go up because it's like almost like watching. It's almost part of like my own like watching my social media go up because it's like me managing their posts. So it's really like a very, like a huge satisfaction of like victory when uh, you see like a lot of success. Yeah. One, one thing I love that you, that you pointed out there, one of my mentors actually talked about this a couple of years ago is so often we kind of get caught up in this idea that, we're supposed to always say yes to everything or that we're supposed to be super focused and then say no to everything. And there we act like there's no in between. Right. Yeah. And what he said is, Hey, you know what? Early in your career, you should absolutely say yes to everything. Why? Because you don't know what it is that you're good at or what you love yet. And then once you find what you're good at, that's when you start saying no to things. Because now you want to focus on just what you're really passionate about doing. And so I love how when we look at your story, here you are, you're someone, and and I don't want to gloss over this. I want people to really understand how this is. You were essentially a college dropout Mm -hmm. in $10,000 debt. And most people at that point would look at you and say, he's a failure. A hundred percent. And it would have been been so easy for you to have just kind of said, you know what? I've screwed up my life. Oh, well, it is what it is. I'm just, I'm just going to sit here and just be miserable for the rest of my life. Right. Exactly. A hundred percent. But instead you went to work, you got the debt paid off you didn't just take the job and treat it as a job. You actually learned, you actually applied your skills. You learned new skills. You developed yourself. You took on multiple opportunities. You weren't afraid to look at something like working at the bank and realize that you made a mistake and change course with it. And you stuck with it until you actually found what your passion was. And I have a lot of respect for the fact that you were willing to constantly just keep pushing yourself, pushing yourself, pushing yourself, where a lot of people might have taken that step back and said, yeah, things just didn't go well for me. I, I got dealt a bad hand or I made one bad decision. I'm paying for it for the rest of my life kind of thing. And you didn't do that. Instead, you're like, hey, you know what? I can push through and I can I can make this happen. No, 100%. I think that a lot of people, when they look at 
the full story and they see, like you said, the gambling debt and college dropout, they're like, oh, that kid's like kind of has nothing really going for him. However, there's so much more that can happen when you're 19 years old. You can come back from that as long as you find that vision and you plan out the steps and you kind of go from betting on sports to betting on yourself and you work forward and you take on the opportunities that you want that can help uh, give you experience in any of the uh, fields that you want in. So I think that really you can't go wrong in uh, taking any opportunity that's offered. I, mean, I, I tell you, I think you just gave me the uh, the title for your uh, podcast episode right there. <laughs> Going from betting on sports to betting on himself. That is, that's good stuff right there, man. That is. Oh, yeah. If you, if, if, you, if you didn't write that down in your notebook, you need to go and work on your note taking skills. Okay. Like, because that is a golden nugget right there. A hundred percent. And I, I, I love that saying. I really do. And I'm actually going to be starting a podcast uh, within the next couple months, um, kind of about, um, overcoming those obstacles, um, and like kind of taking that alternative route and whatever it could and doing whatever it could take to just like reach that success. Awesome, man. So Brett, speaking of things that you have coming up, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do that? So I would say the best way to get in touch with me is Brett at uh, legaleasemarketing.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn at Brett Eisenberg or on Instagram at Brett underscore Eisenberg. Um, I answer pretty quickly. Um, so you're more than welcome to reach out uh, for any uh, tips or if you're looking for any support, I'm always open. And I know one thing that we kind of talked about when we did our initial interview before this was you're really passionate about bringing awareness to the dangers of gambling to young people. So would you like to close us out here with just a message that you want to give to any young people out there who might not understand just how exactly it is that they're being marketed to right now in terms of gambling? A hundred percent. So I think that <clears throat> as like uh, when you're 18 and 19 years old, there's there's no issue. I don't think there's necessarily an issue with like if you're gambling, I'm like it's not like shame on you. However, when you're that young, you don't necessarily understand the concept of how much money you might be gambling and how deep you could get sucked in. For an example, when you're watching just sports overall, Nowadays, you see uh, commercials that are just promoting gambling. Do you think like high schoolers and like middle schoolers aren't watching sports and seeing like, I can turn $20 for free into $200 if Joel Embiid scores one basket tonight? Like, it's just an easy way to get sucked in. Um, I think it's just uh, building awareness, just if you are um, involved and just like kind of like, making sure that you don't get to that level where there is not necessarily no going back because you can always come back from no matter what the situation is. I really, truly believe that.
but um, just not getting to the point where you have that issue that I found myself in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and something that you, you kind of pointed out there, and I want to make sure to highlight this, you know, when we talk about creating unshakable habits, these marketers, they understand about creating habits also. And so when you're seeing these commercials and they're like, oh, you know, you get a free account, we're going to give you first $20 for free. And if you ever really pay attention, you'll notice that most of the time those bets almost always will pay off. Like very rarely will you lose on that first bet. And what they're counting on, they're basically saying, we're willing to give you this $200 as, as marketing because we know that once you've made this $200, you are much more likely to come back and continue gambling. And 100%. It, it's that, that dopamine hit comes in. Exactly. You, you get a couple wins, you lose and track of the you losses. Think you're <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just like, am I up? Am I down? Now I have three accounts. And then it's like, oh. And it's just downhill from there. So it's really just kind of keeping track and like making sure that you're not getting into that hole. And, um, and if you are in that hole, um, looking for that support system and going from betting on sports to betting on yourself and focusing on yourself and trying to better yourself from any standpoint, whether it's work experience or educational experience, learn something about yourself, travel, do just kind of, do something to better yourself instead of trying to gamble on whether the Blue Jays are going to score six runs in the first five innings of the game. <laughs> <clears throat> one, one of the uh, first rules of creating unshakable habits is to focus on controlling what you can control. And what you can't 100%. control is how many runs the Blue Jays are going to score. You know, oh, 100%. No, <laughs> no matter what no seat you're that. sitting in, no matter what seat you're sitting in, what you're eating, no, no superstition is going to help. I'm really sorry. I hate to break that news. Yeah, yeah if, you, if, you're, if you're sitting out there wearing your lucky socks right now because your team <laughs> is playing tonight, sorry, it's not going to help. Yeah, tough luck. <laughs> but it works for you. It works for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, look, still wear your lucky socks if they make you feel good. But just, just yeah, know it really doesn't matter. It doesn't it's, really it's, in reality. So, so if your wife, if your wife accidentally washes your lucky socks, don't, 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 yeah, don't, don't, don't cry okay. too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brett, appreciate you coming on today, man. Really appreciate all the nuggets that you dropped on us. And I just want to remind people that you can catch the show on YouTube. Uh, you can subscribe to my channel by going to unshakablehabits.com slash YouTube. You can also catch us on any of your favorite podcast stations. So this is Stephen Box reminding you that, yes, you can be unshakable, even if you have zero willpower. 100%. I thank you so much for having me on today. I really had a great time. Absolutely. And hopefully we can uh, do this again sometimes, maybe on your podcast in the future. Oh, 100%. I'd love to have you on. I will talk to you soon and we'll see everybody next week for a new episode of Unshakable Habits Podcast. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to the Unshakable Habits Podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please subscribe at unshakablehabits.com slash YouTube or on your favorite podcast app. You can learn more about Unshakable Habits at unshakablehabits.com. Until next week, be unshakable, my friends. Unshakable.